I'm Rachel Balducci. You're listening to Spill the Tea, a product of Augusta University's Department of Communication. Hey guys, welcome back to Spill the Tea. I'm with Gabby and Liesa again. Hey guys. Last time we talked about crimes inspired by movies, which I thought was a pretty good time. Like I enjoyed it a lot. I like listening back. This time, though, we're going to be talking about movies inspired by real crimes. Um, I'm going to start out by talking about the movie Zodiac. Zodiac is a 2007 mystery thriller based on the true events associated with the Zodiac, a serial killer who was active around Northern California in the 60s and 70s. Have you all heard of the Zodiac killer? I haven't. I didn't hear that. That's crazy to me. The first time time I heard about it was you. That's crazy. Well, the Zodiac Killer is unknown to this day, so it's like a cold case, but it's known to ha- he's known to have killed five people and injured two, but he, like, claims to have killed, like, 37 victims. Oh, my gosh. But, like, apparently... Like, unfound. Yeah, but it's believed that he would, like, lie about being involved in cases that he had nothing to do with just to stay in the spotlight. Oh. Like, he would, like, yeah. confess to murders like that he didn't actually... Yeah. yeah. Like, he'd confess to murders he didn't actually do. I've never heard of anyone doing that before. Yeah, isn't that crazy? He yeah. just wanted the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, most serial killers are said to have a pattern, and the Zodiac appeared to target Caucasian teen couples where he would then kill them by either shooting or stabbing them. So, like, all of the cases that, like, are known, like, are typically teen couples that he yeah. killed, like, together. Oh, my gosh. Um, the way he approached the victims tended to vary, but his signature was that he would call the nearest police station after he attacked attacked his victims and take credit for the murders. So he would literally like wherever he was, he would call the nearest police station and be like, "I did this," like right after. Oh my god! Um, the scariest part of this case, though, was that the killer would send taunting letters and cards to the local newspaper. He gave himself the name the Zodiac Killer within one of the letters, and the letters were often like coded. So he would, like, have this weird code, and they'd have to, like, decipher the code yeah. to see what it said. And some of them still haven't been solved to this day. And you can actually, like, go online and see the letters. They're actually really weird. <laughs> but I don't know. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, moving on from the actual murder to the movie, the movie actually focuses mostly on Robert Graysmith, who was involved in the case. And it's inspired by the book Zodiac that he published in 1986. The movie focuses on how he was involved in the case and how the case affected his personal life and his family rather than following the psychological killer himself. Um, at the time, Graysmith was like a political cartoonist for the San Francisco Chronicle when the Zodiac Killer was active. And the San Francisco Chronicle was the newspaper that the Zodiac would like send these like encrypted letters to. So yeah. he like worked there as like a political cartoonist, but he was like aware of like what was going on mm-hmm. with the Zodiac Killer. Um, he became obsessed with the case and spent years of his life trying to solve it, despite many people not taking him seriously. Like, whenever it first started happening, like, nobody would take him seriously because he was just, like, a political cartoonist. Like, yeah. he wasn't, like, a detective or anything like that. So, like, but he was, like, so invested in the case. It took him over 10 years to write his book, and it ended up costing him his marriage. Um, and in the movie, he's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. Um... Zodiac is said to be one of the most accurate true crime movies ever made. There were there was deep investigation and research done to make the movie as accurate as possible. It makes sense because it was like based on a book that took ten years to write, yeah. like literally by somebody that was like obsessed with the case. Mm-hmm. So um, there are some things that have been altered, but for the most part, the movie is said to be terrifyingly accurate. Uh, one of the surviving victims of the Zodiac killer actually said that the scene depicting like the attack on him was so accurate that he could not have scripted it better himself. Oh my god! Which like, can you imagine like having yeah. to watch a movie like I where could it's, never like, do that. I know, no. and like the sad part is they didn't even want the movie to be made. Like 
before it was made, they reached out to like the surviving victims and like none of them wanted it to be made. They were like, why would I want to see this again? Yeah, and they still did it. Mm -hmm. I think like a couple of them maybe like came around to the idea Mm -hmm. after meeting with like the director, but they still made the movie. So, um, the movie aligns with Grace Smith's belief that the Zodiac Killer is a man named Arthur Lee Allen. There's a lot of like circumstantial evidence, but like it's like difficult. Like it kind of like implies that he's the killer. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they leave out, like, the details that kind of, like, sort of prove that he isn't in the movie. I guess yeah. because they want to, like, follow with Graysmith's belief since it's, mm-hmm. like, based on his book. Yeah. Um, Alan's the main suspect within the movie and was a prime suspect in the case, but he's not declared to be the inf- infamous murderer in the movie and was not convicted in real life. Instead, he died in 2002 before he could further be investigated for the murder, so the case was left open. There were over 2,500 suspects, and the case still is not solved to this day. Um, since the Zodiac, though, there's been, like, several copycat killers, which yeah. I thought was interesting because that's kind of, like, what we talked about last week was, mm-hmm. like, kind of the copycat killer thing. So there's been a few, like, from him, which I didn't see that when researching for the yeah. last week's thing or last podcast thing. But there's also several other books and movies regarding the Zodiac that probably focus a bit more on the killer and killings himself, while this one, like, focused more on Graysmith's involvement. Like, he's the main character in it, if that makes sense, like, rather than mm-hmm. it being the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, it looks like a really good movie, and even if it's, like, about, like, rather unfortunate things happening. Yeah. I don't know. What was the timeline like for the Zodiac Killer? He was, like, active in the 60s and 70s. I know he would, like, kill, like, two people, like, a couple, and then he would take, like, a year off, and he, like, wouldn't kill anybody, and then all of a sudden he would kill somebody else. So it wasn't, like, very consistent and stuff like that. Yeah. But I know it was in the 60s and 70s. And how did he confess, like, by letter, since they, yeah. it's still a cold case and no one's, like, found the actual killer? Yeah, so he would, like, confess that he was, like, the Zodiac killer and that he was killing these people, but he wouldn't say who he was. Yeah. Like, but he would, like, do it over letter, or he would also call the call, police stations yeah. and be like, I did this, like, right after he did it. Mm-hmm. Did he get jail time? He, um, the guy that they think did it, the Arthur Lee Allen, he actually ended up in jail, I think it was for, like, some child molestation type yeah. thing, but... He never went to jail for yeah, they those never, killings. Like, they never sent anybody. Yeah. yeah, Nobody went to jail for gotcha. the killings. So. It's crazy, though. Okay, yeah. so who's going next? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right, so last time on our podcast, I talked about the movie series Scream, which you guys both said you hadn't seen, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Okay. But the movie I'm going to be talking about today is Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which is the Ted Bundy movie. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah, I have. I actually did see that, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. It is really it good. It is really good. So there are actually multiple films and novels about Ted Bundy and his murders. There's even a documentary on Netflix called The Ted Bundy Tapes. I've never seen them. Have you guys seen them? It's like a documentary. Mm -hmm. I think I have. So Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile is about Ted's chronicle of crimes. For anyone who doesn't know, Ted Bundy was an American serial killer who kidnapped, raped, and murdered many young women during the late 1900s. This film is from the perspective of a long-term girlfriend he had back then. Her name was Liz, and she refused to believe the truth about Ted for years. The movie goes on to show Ted manipulating everyone around him while he continues with his murders. There's no actual crime or gore shown in the movie, and that's because it's more about the people who had emotional connections with Ted rather than showing what he did, which I actually appreciated because anyone can look up the information about his yeah. murders and stuff, mm-hmm. so it was like a lot more interesting, I feel like. It was like more about his personality almost. Yeah. 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 So I really liked it because it was like giving the audience a different perspective of the Mm -hmm. whole situation. So more about Ted. He admitted to abducting and killing 36 women across several different states, but experts believe it was closer to 100 or more. Mm. 
Head was in and out of jail many times. He was initially arrested in 1975 for possession of burglary tools after being pulled over, but the police began to link him to much more worse crime. Ted's first jail sentence was 1 to 15 years because at the time, he was only linked to a kidnapping of a girl who had escaped him. In 1977, Ted escaped from prison twice. After his second escape was when he broke into the Chi Omega sorority house at Florida State University. Ted attacked four of the girls and killed two of them. And actually, the way that they, like, knew that it was him in the end mm-hmm. is because the girls from the sorority that he attacked and killed, they found bite marks on them, mm-hmm. and they, like, they matched up with, with Ted's teeth. So yeah. that's, like, a big giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, the next month, he went on to kidnap and murder a 12-year-old girl. These crimes ended his rampage after being caught again shortly after. Ted spent nine years on death row and was eventually executed by the electric chair in 1989. And then some more fun facts about him. I read that he loved knives since the age of three. So Mm. he decapitated 12 of his victims. And a quote straight from him, um, I'm pretty sure this is one of like his most well-known quotes because it's just like so disturbing. He said, I don't feel guilty for anything I've done. I feel sorry for people who feel guilt. Oh my gosh. That's so, the whole thing is like so interesting to me because like, I feel like when you think of, like, serial killers and stuff, you think of somebody, like, scary-looking and stuff, but he was, yeah, like, an attractive like charming, man. And yeah, charming and that's, and like, the like, biggest thing about yeah, him, like, exactly. the most thing that is talked about about him. Yeah, I remember hearing, like, about, like, some lady that worked with him, and, like, she would always talk about how if she was younger, if her daughter was older and that kind of thing, like, yeah. because he was so charming and stuff, and that's so scary. Yeah, because you would never expect that, especially mm-hmm. in, like, today's day and age. Like, if he lived today with, like, Tinder yeah, and Hinge exactly. and all of that, like, all of these, like, charming guys, like, you don't expect them exactly. to be a killer like that. Because you don't yeah. expect them to look like that or be no, like that. You expect yeah. them to be, like, You have creepy. this, like, stereotype yeah, exactly. in your head. Yeah. But I did see that, um, like, during the actual time when his cases were, like, on television and stuff, everybody was, like, obsessed with him because, like, he was really attractive mm-hmm. and charming and he had like just like a way of talking that like yeah like made a way people with attracted words. to him. He yeah. had like yeah. a fan club. Like yeah. people were like big Ugh. fans of him. It was so scary. Yeah. That is so weird to me. I feel like no matter how attractive, like he's yeah, still, he still killed a killer. People. Yeah. <laughs> Did he go for a certain type of like girl? I think his main target was just like young girls. Yeah. And sometimes children, like the twelve year old girl that he killed. Yeah. But it was mostly I think like college girls mm-hmm. around there. You can charm them. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, Gabby. Yes, next. I'm next. Okay. So I'm talking about The Girl Next Door, which is a movie that is based on brutal torture and the murder of Sylvia Likens. The movie is a fictionalized version of this crime. So this was really hard for me to read about because it was probably the most disturbing crime I've ever heard about. Have y'all ever seen that movie? No. I haven't. Ooh, it's really rough. I watched it a few years ago, but now that I've, like, researched, like, the true events behind it, I don't think I could watch it again because of how disturbing it is. So, the film is based on the true events that occurred in 1965 when Sylvia Likens was tortured and murdered by her caregiver, Gertrude Benescu. I, like, could never figure out how to say (laughs) that. Um, This took place in Indianapolis, Indiana. How old was um, the lady that got murdered, do you know? Um, She was in her early teens. Okay. And her caregiver was, like, a friend of her mom's. Okay. So the crime committed is not just simply punishment or discipline, which was kind of thrown out there back Mm -hmm. when it happened. It's one thing to discipline your child, but one, it wasn't even her mother. 
and two, the extent of her injuries show that like it was not punishment. Like mm-hmm. it was genuinely like a sick, yeah, twisted torture. game. Yeah. So the torture lasted for months at the hands of her caregiver, Gertrude, and it was so severe that the word evil is literally an understatement. Like, I can't even explain it. So the caregiver was so mentally disturbed, she even invited friends or neighbors to join in on her torture. According to the article on Investigation Discovery, Sylvia was burned by cigarettes, pushed down the stairs, blasted with hoses, hit with belts and fists, had objects inserted into her body, deprived of food, deprived of bathroom facilities, and had the words, I'm a prostitute and I'm proud of it, and number three, burned into her stomach when she was found. After being tortured, starved, and humiliated for several months by her friends, neighbors, and her caregiver, she died of malnutrition and brain hemorrhaging. Later, Gertrude was given a life sentence after being found guilty for the murder of Sylvia. However, she was released after only 20 years. Those who were found to be involved, including Gertrude's daughter, who was charged for second-degree murder, and three neighborhood boys who received a sentence of 18 months in a juvenile detention center for their involvement. Only 18 months. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's insane. The movie portrays the crime seemingly accurately. However, the biggest difference is that she had this, like, character that was her friend named David. And in real life, Sylvia had no one. Like, nobody helped her. Even tried to help. And, like, it was pretty obvious in the Mm -hmm. neighborhood. I can't believe people were, like, joining in on it. Yeah, like, it was, like, fun. Like, young boys, like, going over there and, like, burning her with cigarettes. Insane. Yeah. And the movie, like, really is disturbing, but, like... Looking into this was way worse than the movie. Yeah. Where was the mom? Um, apparently, she had, like, gone out of town or, like, moved and left her, like, the caregiver in charge. For months? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Did I the can't mom imagine, any, like, being like, the mom. Yeah, I couldn't either. Did yeah. she get any, like, punishment for, like... That's crazy. So you said the caretaker was her mom's friend, mm-hmm. so she was, like, watching her mm-hmm. for a period of time or something? Yeah, and... She, She's crazy, like, and only 20 years for that, like, obviously, like, this is, like, premeditated, and, like, it happened for months, it wasn't just, like, Mm -hmm. an immediate, like, murder. Yeah. When did this happen? It was 19, let me go back and look, it was 1965. Okay. When it occurred. So, is the lady still alive? I don't know. I didn't see that anywhere. I hope not. But it was, like, 20 years after she was released, so. That's crazy. Well, I guess that is everything. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed our two-part series on crimes inspired by movies and movies inspired by crimes. Um, Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.